Hello and welcome to the Two Bearded Men podcast with me, Alan. And me, Gary. The format of this show is we go away, pick a subject that intrigues us, write down about five words and then come and discuss it. Yeah. So without further ado, Gary's, I know for a fact that Gary's very cold on this one because he's actually going to present a subject that I kind of researched. So over to Gary. Yeah. So uh, the title of this is UK Scientists Discover World's Tallest Tropical Tree. Hmm. Now there's a, a thing. UK scientists. Yes. <laughs> the world's tropical tree. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I, well, you know, yeah, when I actually, that's the reason I went to that story because when I was going through it, UK scientists discover world's tallest tree. I thought, in Britain? <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, it sort of throws you up yeah, a little bit, so it? that's why I went to the story. That's what, intri- that's what actually caught my attention yeah, when I first went and looked at it. Well, apparently, uh, scientists uh, in the UK and Malaysia say that they have discovered the world's tallest tropical tree, measuring more than 100 metres high. That's tall. It is. Mm. What, do you, what do you think about it? You're watching... It's like the length of a football field, isn't it, upwards? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you could open a parachute from that height. Yeah, good. Jump off yeah. the top. You'd clatter through a lot of trees. Oh, right? A lot of branches. <laughs> so you shoot and then catch yeah. them something. So I don't even know why I went that way. <laughs> but, you know, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the lofty yellow Maranti was spotted in Borneo Rainforest, a team of university uh, from uh, Nottingham last year. And uh, apparently some researchers from Oxford then carried out 3D scans and drone flights to record it. There you go. It always, it always comes down to the Oxbridge crew, doesn't it? Oxbridge crew, yeah. So uh, it's amazing how much drones are being used in every sort of day yeah. these days, isn't it? Yeah, it's the technology. You see them when they, they're doing the 3D scans and stuff now, and it's bringing us all that uh, new information when, they, when they're flying around and they're using the laser scanning and you can actually go in 3D and see what it would have been and what it would have been like because it can rebuild it and stuff. Mm. The new technology. In fact, there's a program on the television what it was watching today, which is a very similar thing, but with people's houses. Mm. What they do, uh, the premise of the program is, you know, people can't make their mind up what they want to, how to update the house or rearrange the house. So they get two architects in, and they make they draw it up in virtual reality, and they put the goggles on, and they can actually physically see the plans in their own house you know mm. what it would look like and that's similar thing and it's great because you can see them pulling stuff away and you know mo- how often could you get into your, how could you get into your house and take every wall down you see what space you've got you know and what you can do mm. with it so it help, helps them visualize what they what they're actually playing for and i suppose uh having a with it being scanned uh we've got more information than would have just by a photograph and a tape measure Oh, yeah, and it's, it's permanent, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, tape measure. Well, talking of tape measures, <laughs> a local climber, Umding Jammy, to scale the tree with a measuring tape, said it was very scary and windy yeah. ascent. Now, uh, you can imagine getting one of the local guys, Oi, you, get up there and take this tape with you. You know what would have been worse? <laughs> if you had a 99-metre tape. <laughs> <laughs> and he got to the stop and top and he went, ding. Oh no! <laughs> Go back down and get another tape, please. Yeah, add a bit on. <laughs> yeah. I bet they've asked the link 
high and wide for a final take that long. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the fact that they've got to take that long, that's another research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Dr. Doreen Boyd from the University of Nottingham said the, f- the find was key because it's the science telling us these trees do exist and they're reaching heights we have perhaps never anticipated and there will be other tall trees out there that haven't been discovered yet. Now, um, what I don't see is how, what the circumference of that tree must have been. From the picture, it wasn't very, it's not like an American wet redwood. Oh, you right. could build a roll through it. It was just, it would easily would have been frightened going up there. It would have been bending. <laughs> it would have been waving about yeah. all over the place. Well, if that's the picture I saw. I mean, they just saw a picture of it and it, I would, it couldn't have been more than three feet at the bottom. Yeah, so that's what it looked like to me. And it didn't have very many branches on for quite a few hundred feet up. I can imagine. Well, I suppose uh, that would take a lot of water, wouldn't it? Or then it'd need a lot of water, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't think there's any planks could you make out of it. Well, yeah, build a few houses out of it. Imagine taking one of them down. Yeah, that starts going wrong way. You Surely could wipe you out quite a lot of... Uh... You couldn't take it down because there'd, there'd be protesters. <laughs> the university bob often sitting around saying you can't do that. Uh, so, yeah, they even named it. They named the tree Minara, which is a melee or tower, apparently. Yeah, okay. So is that the language they speak over there? Melee, yeah. Must be. I'm glad yeah. you said that. Um, <laughs> So they're basically called a tree a tower. Yeah. Well, why don't yeah, you just call weird. it tree? What's the melee oh. word for tree? <laughs> Big. <laughs> look at uh, yeah, look at the size of that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now my subject, funny as you say that, is very similar. World's biggest bee is found alive. Was it up that tree? <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. World's biggest bee has been rediscovered. Uh, after decades, thought lost to science. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and the giant bee, which is as long as an adult's hum- uh, adult human thumb. I don't know where I put adult in. I didn't even write that down. Sorry, human. I didn't even write that down. As long as an adult adult's thumb was found on a little explored Indonesian island, and I don't know the name of the island. I'm not going to say it because because one I don't know, and I probably couldn't pronounce it. Okay, after days of searching, wildlife experts found a single live female which was photographed and filmed. But the one I saw was actually in a bottle, so the and one pinned to something. So unless that's an ancient mm-hmm. you know thing. It's known as the Wallace Wallace's giant bee. Uh, the insect is named after British naturalist and explorer Alfred Russell Wallace, who described it in eighteen fifty eight. Okay, scientists found several specimens in 1981 on three Indonesian islands, but it has not been seen alive since, although there was a report uh, last year of two bees specimens uh, being offered for sale online. So, Okay, in January, a team followed in Wallace's footsteps on a journey through Indonesia in an attempt to find and photograph the bee. Okay, now this is a big bee. It's got an estimated wingspan of two and a half inches, which is huge, and it six centimeters. 
While this giant bee is the world's largest bee, yeah, the female makes her nest in termite mounds using a large jaw to collect uh, sticky tree resin to line the nest and protect it from invading termites. Yet the species demand uh, depends on primary lowland forests for resin and the nest of tree-dwelling termites. There you go. Wallace, who co-developed the theory of evolution with Charles Darwin, described the bee as a large black wasp-like insect with immense jaws like a stag beetle. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be that beekeeper, would you? No, you wouldn't, actually. <laughs> I said, well, I did, obviously, you can't do it on the podcast, but I did see a picture of it next to an ordinary honeybee, and it was huge. And what they didn't say is whether it could sting you and stuff like that, whether oh, it was stinging. Imagine that. Uh, Oh, oh no. The discovery in the Indi Indonesian island known as the North Moluccas raises hope that the uh, region's forests still harbour one of the rarest and most sought after insects in the world. Mm. Uh, there are currently no legal protections around its trade. Oh dear. You want to trade in a bee? Beekeepers? No, but. You'd want it alive, wouldn't you? Be a bit, I mean, what? Um, people do, they don't. They don't yeah, I, I should imagine it's just like capturing it as a rare specimen and pinning it to something so they can mm. look at it. It's like people who collect butterflies, and they're not rare, a lot of them. Okay, yeah, it's just... Because there's the guy here, a uh, trip member, actually, and bee expert, Eli Wyman, uh, an entomologist at Princeton, Princeton says it's the Ivy League people again, said he hoped that the rediscovery would spark research towards a deeper understanding of the life history of the bee and inform any future efforts to protect it from extinction. Okay, Wallace's giant bee is currently listed as vulnerable to extinction, according to International Union of Conservation of Nature. But yeah, yeah. I can understand dealing with tusks and stuff like that, but mine suppose it's birds' eggs and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just sick, isn't it? It's a first world issue, isn't it? Um, but there you go. That's, it happens, and I suppose if there's some people dedicated to trying making sure that they don't go extinct, then... And on, as a footnote as well, by making the bee... The world-famous flagship for conservation, uh, they're saying they're confident that the species has a brighter future uh, than if we just let it quietly be collected into oblivion. Now, in January, the group announced that they found more uh, Bolivian frogs belonging to a species thought to be down to one male. So, there you go. You go looking for a bee and you find a frog. <laughs> okay, and that's our... Uh, we'll, uh, that's our podcast for today, which was centered around large, large things, large things like trees and bees. Yeah. So with that, I'm gonna end. We're gonna end this podcast now. So that's a good night from me, Alan, and a good night from good night <laughs> from me, Gary. <laughs> I I did that to you, didn't I? Because I said good night instead of a goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it is dark. Bye. Bye.